I'm going down to fix it right now. Well, you should have fixed it oh, yesterday. Day. I gotta hear this. Jared Kransky knew that he had to repair the water spot that had been left from a recent rain. It was unseasonable, and he wasn't expecting it. Somebody in the household, likely one of his daughters or his wife, as far as he was concerned, left a window open. Some water ran down the wall, dripped down from the second floor into the first floor, and from there, down into the basement. A basement in Florida wasn't something that was all that usual, but it was something that Jared actually really appreciated about the house. The house was old. It was at least 130 years old. It had been redone many, many times. When he got downstairs into the basement, he noticed that the watermark seemed to suggest there was a right angle. Huh, there shouldn't be something back here. Pulling at the plaster, again, the house was old. Jared discovered that there was some kind of panel. It wasn't the usual lath. It was built in with heavy studs and sealed up with solid boards. He found his way around it with a putty knife until he saw what could only be described as nearly a cabinet in the wall, but a cabinet in the wall that seemed sealed up. The rusted latches that seemed to have originally closed it were easy to jimmy open, And Jared, thinking he was going to discover an old fuse box, or far better than that, some kind of store of cash from a previous owner, discovered only an urn. Great, he thought to himself. Now I gotta figure out what to do with somebody's dead grandma. But as he pulled it out, he realized it wasn't similar to any urn he had seen before. It was heavy. Made of some kind of metal. Dark. Soft to the touch, nearly and packed around it was salt. There was something... something on the urn. When he looked down at his hand and realized what it was, the urn slipped out of his grasp. Clattering to the floor, there was a crack. Everything was silent for a moment. When nothing bad happened, when the urn didn't shatter, Jared picked it up, put it on the nearby water heater, Are you done yelled yet? back up to Deb, I said I'll be up there and done with this in a minute. It's taken forever! And turned his attention to the watermark. He didn't seem to notice the chittering noises above his own scraping at lath and plaster, marred by water and mildew starting to grow. The first of the beetles that he noticed he thought merely a regular bug, something he could swat at. But the second, the third, the tenth, As they piled upon him, surrounded him, he tried to scream, but finding his mouth full, he could not. Upstairs, Deb, impatiently, headed to the basement door. Are you done yet? Jared emerged at the base of the stairs. Oh, hey, Deb. Glad to see you. You know, this project's going to take me a little bit longer than I thought, but I'll be up in just a little bit. What are you talking about? Deb stared down at her husband of 14 years. She was pissed. She knew he was just trying to get on her case. There was something different about him. There was a sincerity that wasn't usually there with his responses like this. Little did she know that the chittering behind his eyes was something far, far from the Jared Kransky she had married 14 years ago. This American Monster, a Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. So we cut this under He's uh, out on a fishing boat out in the ocean. um, looks like by himself and, um, he looks totally different. He's, uh, broader. He looks healthier looking. Maybe he's got like a tan now. Whereas before he maybe had like the sort of closely shaved rock star beard. Um, he's now grown it out and it's now more of like a Ernest Hemingway kind of beard, like a, just a big beard. Um, and he's got a, his arms look a little bigger and he's got a big, uh, 
tattoo of a cross that sort of goes into an anchor at the end of it on one of his forearms. Um, and uh, maybe he's like hauling up some big like catch, like a big marlin or something like that. And uh, he yells, uh, big catch today. And uh, uh, you just see uh, maybe one of the nuns come up from uh, underneath the boat, like on, from the, what is the below decks part of a boat called in a small boat? The underboat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the cam- the camel boat. No, just, yeah, just from below decks. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we come up from below decks and uh, uh, like she's not wearing her nunnery garb. Uh, she let her hair down. Is she wearing and, anything? Yeah, no, she's just wearing like a bathing suit or something like that. Uh, and she's like, good catch, honey. All right, interesting. No kind of none I condone. Okay, so yeah, so the last time we saw this person, she was one of the, uh, she was one of the nuns at the Mary Queen of the Seas. Yeah. What if he's, like, fishing for it just on a line, like, regular, and he's fighting the thing and fighting the thing, and eventually it snaps? Yeah. And then he's just like, ah, to hell with it, and he just flings, whips this harpoon at it at, like, a crazy rate. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Awesome, yeah. And he just drags this thing in, and it's this huge fish that normally you would have had to been fight, like, fighting for hours. The next shot would be, uh, whereas the last one was like the sun-soaked lake uh, in the daytime. Now you're in this uh, like dark, uh, like very poorly lit, uh, small, dingy room, and there's papers like all over the walls, uh, and there's papers all over this like coffee table, and there's a lot of them, but they aren't like you know in disarray. They're like there seems to be like some method to it, and then sitting at the couch, looking over these papers on the coffee table, is Welker. And whereas Sundry looks much more hale and hearty now, Welker looks the opposite. Like he's paler. Uh, he has like uh, he's growing like a bit of a beard, um, and his eyes look a bit more sunken than they used to. Um, and he's sitting by himself, looking over these things. And uh, he, so you hear his phone ring. And yes, Welker has an actual house phone. Not only does he have a house phone, he has that godsend of all TV devices which is the cassette voice recording voicemail that reads out out loud. And so he lets it ring and playing over the voicemail is uh, your voice saying, um, Chase, uh, Chase, are you there? I, uh, you were supposed to pick up Tara from her concert. I, have, have you forgotten again? And like Wilker looks up and he goes to like, hesitates for a moment, thinks about it. And you see like on the paper, the paper he's looking at, there's a, you see like a picture of the, you see like a report written on the Gill Man. Um, You see pictures of the other members of his team. And like there's a wall dedicated with like other members of his team and like some reports on them. Uh, And you also see um, another report on uh, Roberta Hellinger, is that it? Roberta Hellinger. And like other potential where uh, where subjects, and as he looks up from these papers, he he goes to get the the answering machine. But as he does, the phone on his phone on the table starts ringing, and he looks down, and it's Anna Cross calling. And he hesitates for a moment, and uh, he lets the uh, the uh, voicemail ending end, and he picks up the phone from Anna Cross, and uh, that's it. All right, cool. So, hmm. Yeah, is there anything in there where we see that Chase Welker is, uh, aside from just looking, like, more sickly, is there anything that just straight up, like, tells us, like, okay, this guy is, like, uh, a man who's been brought back to life in a not... Maybe, like, um... Maybe it'd be more just in the absence of what's in his new place. Like, um... He doesn't have... I mean, yeah, it's like a sad dad bachelor pad, <laughs> but also, uh, let's say maybe, um, 
he no longer need? Uh, we could have just a shot of like a, an open refrigerator with no food in it. Yeah, perfect. Like, um, there's there's no. Uh, how would you see that? Um, it would just literally like panned over. There's a fridge that's just open. Yeah, maybe you're storing files in it or something it, like that. That's perfect. It's perfect. It's open. There's no light on it. It's not even plugged in. It's got files stored in it. Um, you see at least one or two of the pantry lens are open. They also have files in them. There's no like garbage around. No like any indication of like food or that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it just looks like a terrible place to live. And it's just like dark. Okay, cool. My idea with Anna Cross being that like not so much that he is having a relationship with her, although maybe, but more that like she's calling to give him the information from the company. Like here's an update mm -hmm. from Lorecorp. Pan away from whatever dystopian um, life Mr. Welker is living, and um, it's it's uh, it's all sun and aqua blue and uh, solar flare, um, transitioning to dark blade, living his best life, wearing a like a Miami Vice kind of silk button down shirt on a yacht out in the middle of the it looks like the Caribbean um, and there's hors d'oeuvres going around, they're weenies on um, you know, they're just like uh, oh God, they're, they're Tocino pizza rolls, that's all they are and, and bagel bites and um, Herbert uh, you see him wearing shades he's on the back of the yacht out in the middle of the ocean and one of the bikini-clad women approaches him and says, Come and find me, Herbert. Come and find me. Um, his his face, zoom in on his face, his face goes from the warm red tones of the Caribbean sun to the blue light of a computer screen. He has dark circles under his eyes. Um, he is in his basement playing Yacht Simulator 2020. <laughs> um the sun has now set you can see just through like one of the up you know at the ceiling close to the ceiling in, in basement there will be like a window at that's ground level you can see just any remnant of the sun has disappeared and he tiredly he looks haggard he has no complexion whatsoever this is someone who spent a lot of time indoors for the past six months um he takes off his headset he um starts packing up a backpack uh with some tools and he heads out the door walking out the door looks around his mom's already the tv's on his mom is asleep in front of the tv um he pulls a blanket over her he walks um through yards wearing all black um he has a sword cane um, and he goes across his yards until he gets into Welker's adjacent yard and he has, he has binoculars and he's looking through, he's waiting for the Welker family to go to sleep. They go to sleep, they retire. Herbert goes to, um, the well where Matlock is and is now going to commune with Matlock as he's been doing over the past six months. Okay, so how do we see that? How do we see that uh, uh, Dark Blade is different? He has changed from who he was uh, the last time we saw him. So he's going to talk to Matlock, but how do we see like he's a he's a different he's a di this character has transformed. He, um, oh, okay. He's actually. Uh, I already said he used binoculars. Um, he can see perfectly in the night. He's he actually didn't need. Uh, he actually has um, like cat eyes as it's getting dark, and you see things passing by. He can actually look straight into the Welker house from the adjacent 
um, property without any binoculars. Uh, I, I already described him as being uh, as being pallid, but he's he's more he's more uh, pallid than he was before. He has deep dark circles under his eyes. So when we see him like staring at Welker's house to kind of be like watching to make sure that it's cool for him to talk to uh, Matlock, we see that he while he might need these binoculars, he can kind of see in the dark. And maybe when he touches some of these stones, uh, what's the visual that we as the audience get that like, oh, he's communing with this thing in this well in a way that's not just him yelling into yelling at a pile of bricks. Rainbows. Okay, so he touches it and we see these kind of like opalescent, like rainbow kind of uh, shocks or patterns that we see on everything that he touches. Yeah, to see they, that they go like directly in his eyes. Like his eyes are just soaked in rainbows. Of course. It's disgusting. When you think about what light is, aren't all of our eyes soaked in rainbows? There we go. Oh, you can see, like, as you're w waiting to see uh, if the Welkers are home, you can watch as uh, Mrs. Welker is taking their young kid, uh, Kyle, uh, and, like, muttering under her breath as she, like, drives off to get Tara from uh, her concert. Oh, uh, Austin, sorry. Before we get too far, I have a beginning of mystery. Maybe. Oh, yeah. We should definitely do any beginning of mystery or beginning of session moves that you guys have. Let's get that done now. Uh, let me see if I have any. I know I Sundry definitely does. I think Welker might and Darkblade. I have like three. So, yeah, let's, let's do those moves so we can make sure to have done them and also utilize them later. Okay. I got a total of 11. At the beginning of each mystery, roll plus weird, um, which I thought would go horribly wrong if it didn't, to see what's revealed about your immediate future. On a 10 plus, the keeper will reveal a useful detail. Are you sleeping on this fishing boat? Yeah, but I'm not doing a lot of sleeping. Okay, you know I mean? so yeah, so we can we can see that, uh, so we cut away from Darkblade, and we see that Sundry is on this fishing boat, and uh, it's nighttime now. He, it's after his his uh, catching a fish situation, and uh, he and the only other nun that I mentioned was Sister uh, Eliza. Yeah, perfect. So I'm just going to use that name. So he's there with Sister Eliza, who we can probably barely recognize because last time we saw her, she was in her habit. Yeah, she's 80 years old. Um, Pick up no. a lot of experience when you're 80 it's, years old. No, no, it's no. true. Yeah. Um, especially at the sexiest nunnery in town. Yeah, you should see her with a ruler. Yeah. She's you good at measuring ruler. things. So, no, the Lord is her ruler. Mm -hmm. um, she shot in that one. And Faith is her yardstick. So, <laughs> um, anyway. Fly down at Sunny Pastures. So, um,. Yeah, we see Sundry it's on the right, ship. His staff is a comfort to her. So we see Sundry on this ship um, with Sister Eliza, and it probably takes us a minute to recognize her. Um, and the two of them are maybe sleeping. We could tell that this is not them just sleeping on here out of like convenience. That this is definitely like a like some kind of sexual relationship, and. Um, we see Sundry kind of like toss and turn a little. Okay. And Sundry gets a vision very similar to what we saw in the cold open. We see him walk down into this, uh, like walk down these steps into this kind of dank, dark basement. And, um, we see him go towards a wall and we see the wall in front of him kind of crumble apart. And there in front of him is this, um, like just tomb, like a, a casket made of lead. And like, as the wall disintegrates in front of Sundry, all of the salt falls away and falls around his feet. And 
this casket made out of lead um, starts to like become red hot and almost like bubbling near him, spitting out this red hot uh, molten lead. And it, when a hole opens, this dark cloud flows over, uh, like burst this dark cloud, almost like a jet of gas bursts out of the top of it. And this huge cloud escapes and goes up through the house. And we see all these people in the house, just like a, uh, a woman and some children. They're each hit by this dark cloud and kind of enveloped by it and enveloped by it. And it comes back down into the basement and it heads right towards Sundry and it seemingly grabs him in this like, uh, uh, like, like gross embrace. And all we hear is this chittering, chittering, chittering noises. They get louder and louder and louder. And we zoom in towards his mouth as this gets closer and closer to it. And he wakes up. Um, Dark Blade has connect the dots premonitions. Roll connect the dots first. All right. Go ahead. On a sharp roll here, and it looks roll. like he has roll plus sharp. Where's his sharp? Three. Oh shit! He gets a thirteen. Damn! All right, you get to hold three of those then. Damn. Oh, all and right. you can hold this throughout the mystery, so you don't have to spend all of this right now. In fact, it doesn't make sense to spend it now. Yeah, he. All the dots are connected right now, and um, oh, it turns out it was a duck. Mm. Connect the dots. Easy. Yeah, Easy. Um, all right, and then so. Yeah, I mean, all of these questions are more relevant to the mystery. We aren't really familiar with what the mystery is yet. Yeah, just just um, hold on to those. Just just remember, you have three of those. All right, uh, premonitions. Let's roll my 2d6 one more time. All right, I got a six. And then what's this, weird? Mm-hmm. Weird. Oh, I got a nine. So what's our total? Nine. Nine, all right, on a seven to nine. Mm-hmm, I get clouded images of something bad that is yet to happen. And okay. I get the mark experience if I stop it. Hmm. Clouded images of something bad that is yet to happen. All right, so this is really similar to Lee's role. All right, so you see yourself standing in an almost empty downtown of Palmetto City, Florida. You look around and you can't tell if it's night or day. It seems like it's this dusty, uh, smoky, sepia tone twilight. And there seems to be no one out on the streets. Um, businesses seem to be completely empty. Some doors are open. There's cars on the street parked in like the middle of the road. Some of them have their doors open. There's garbage that kind of like scuttles down the street it's, uh, itself, almost like a tumbleweed of, uh, of trash. And you hear that same chittering that's going on. And that chittering and chittering gets louder and louder and louder. And we can hear... Uh, we can see this just cloud moving towards Darkblade, and um, it bursts into a building. The cloud like pushes in. You see glass break, and from inside the building, you hear screams that um, come out in horror that are suddenly silenced, and then the cloud expands further into the next building, and you hear that same thing glass bursting these screams that are then silenced deadened and it comes straight towards dark blade surrounds him and i feel like you can just you can just feel yourself being torn apart oh. and uh yeah this is a vision that this is a vision that dark blade gets as he's um staring at the as his computer screen or no as he's uh talking to matlock that's what it is yeah so we see him talking to matlock and he gets this vision just while talking down into this thing, and you hear like, "You're right, lad. You're right." And Darkblade kind of has to shake it off. Something's coming. There's, there's a horror coming to Palmetto City. You put your hand on the, the ruins of this old well, and you know it's a well at this point. You put your hand on the ruins of this old well, and we see that opalescent energy, kind of like, like kind of almost like an echo ripple effect kind mm -hmm. of go down into these stones 
and you you hear Matlock say like, "I, something is coming. Something bad." So what is he? What is permanently situated in the, his backyard? So, in the property behind Welker's property. Um, so your 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 rear neighbor, just on the other side of a fence, is this well, this ruined well that um, Matlock is like trapped in. Okay, so it's actually much closer to his house than I used to. Yeah, it's ba- it's it's basically right at his house. Yeah. Okay. And and I think if um, I think if Darkblade just just to get this out here, if Darkblade had like looked into it, technically Welker's property includes that, but the neighbor built the fence with that included in, it. or like like one of those kind of things where somebody builds the fence ten feet onto the other person's property, kind of a thing. Yeah, a very suburban Florida kind of argument. Anacross gives Welker a call. Woker picks up the phone, and um, when yeah. she talks to you, is she still, for the most part, pretty formal? I I think it'd be kind of cool if if like she knows that Welker knows her secret at this point, and like that she like basically has to stay in his good graces. Mm-hmm. What do you think? That she's figured out that like okay, Chase knows what's up. Do you think that would make her then more familiar with you? Or more formal with you. I think you guys already you guys already banged. Familiar. I think yeah, so. they're more familiar. But also with this sort of idea that it's like maybe he's like explicitly said at some point in the last six months, like I know that you are a mole essentially. Um and I could out you at any time, but I'm not going to as long as you as long as you uh basically like play ball. Okay. Yeah. And so I think in that process, she has been um, much more forthright with information and uh, much more willing to kind of give you these are these leads that the company has. And now that your like security clearance is not only higher, but that she she'll give you sometimes incomplete leads that maybe in the past she would have wanted to get more information about it. She'll kind of just give you that stuff. Great. So, so when she calls you, she's like, she just says, "Chase, I think we found something. It's a solid lead." Um, what could I say? Um, good. Um, I'm all ears. Before Marzad left, he was looking into something. It was based particularly on what he referred to as ley lines. I guess the positioning of this place is important. We've reached out to the owners of the property, the Kreskis, but nobody answered the phone. So we think this. she said we reached out to them several times over the last three days. And nobody picked up. We did a little more investigating and apparently no one has heard from them in a few days. I can send you over a missing persons report that the school filed regarding their children. OK. Good. Good work. Is there anything else about this case? And she says, or this, this, this situation rather. And she says, based on what we were able to find from Merzad's notes, this seems important. Please, whatever you find, let me know. And I walked to her and say, um, maybe. Meanwhile, have you found out anything else about the, the thing we talked about? And um, I'm thinking here, like, Welker wants, and let me know what you think of this, but like, Welker wants her to like do digging about this process of like the um the resurrection that Laura is able to do like what happened to him okay yeah that's oh great and she'll say i was able to find some of the files i can send some of it to you but it will need to be encrypted or it'll have to be in hard copies but what they told you was correct you were not the first person they tried that procedure on you were just person on whom it worked or should i say worked well so you said they told you uh, that other people were other people were resurrected, that they, uh, but like they were like they had, what was the term we used? Decreased cognitive capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and she'll say, "That's partially true, but it didn't set in right away. With earlier test subjects, it seemed to work, 
but very quickly there was a deterioration. Generally a mental deterioration before a physical one. And, uh, of course, say, am I still in the window for this to happen based on the reports you've seen? Based on what I saw, you're certainly well outside the time frame for any of the others. She almost says subjects. Patients. With most of them, it was merely a matter of months. All right. Well, good. Um, we'll discuss uh, giving me that information at the at our next opportunity. Um, stay safe, Anna. We wouldn't want to lose you. She'll say... Same, Chase. And please, let me know what's up with this. This one could be important. This one could be big. Uh, a question for you guys is, have you been regularly associating with one another in the six-month period? Or for the most part, have you guys kind of gone your separate ways for this six-month period? I think it'd be good if all of us had been associating with maybe just one. Not like all the same people, but there's like a chain that keeps us together. Mm -hmm. Like that Fleetwood Mac song, The Chain. Yeah. I'm, I'm dressed like Stevie Nicks. How are you guys dressed? I'm dressed so, like that Fleetwood Mac song, The Chain. Gotcha. So it makes sense for Walker to at least have some contact with Darkblade on account of Darkblade has found this renewed interest in his backyard. I forget, did um, did Sundry come to suspect um, Walker's involvement in his wife's death at all, or no? No, not yet. I think the audience, the audience knows that. But neither Welker nor Sundry know that. Sundry knows for sure, and the audience knows for sure, Sundry was not the one who killed his wife. So I guess if Sundry were to have ties with anyone, it would be probably Welker failing that dark way. Okay, so you, let's say you guys have, especially through Chase Welker, you guys have vaguely kept in touch. Um... Would it make sense for Mr. Welker to kind of send people out on, hey, I think here's this lead. Can you go look into this kind of yeah, stuff? Like maybe it's not so much that we've lost contact. It's just it's been very dry six months. Like, oh, we've had a couple false starts, but nothing to really get us together. I kind of like the idea that we've been doing some missions independently, though. I think like the personal stuff for sure. Yeah. Oh, for your your personal stuff, I think, is for the most part independent and individual. I I almost like the idea of rather than things being so dry, I almost like the idea that you guys have been looking into stuff. It's just been small. So there are there is a person who you're like, oh, this person claims to be a psychic. And from what we understand, they legitimately are a psychic. They're just like a very. It's just oh. like it's it's nothing that's blowing anybody's mind. So then like stuff that wouldn't necessarily require we all meet up and like form a campaign plan type. Thing. Right. Like it's the kind of thing of then one of you writes a report and sends it to the lore corporation and they contact this person independently as like a recruiter or that kind of thing. Yeah, like that. Also, we're all technically part of the agency now, so it makes sense. We could all act independently to that extent. OK, cool. So then you guys have stayed in touch, but you've not exactly been hanging out and meeting up regularly in this time. Um, I'm going to go ahead out and, and say the three of you in this six month period, the three of you have not, if you've met up once, that's a surprise in that six month period. Uh, Sundry and Welker have talked on the phone, maybe met up here and there to do something. Darkblade and Welker have met up on, uh, met up to do something here and there, maybe talked on the phone. Um, there's been a lot of email and text and that kind of stuff, but it's been very, the three of the, the old team's not gotten back together till now. Like this episode is the start of that coming up again. On across gave you this address and, um, this address is in like a very old neighborhood of uh, of Palmetto City. It's uh, kind of across town from where Welker lives. And it's in these houses that 
in the past had been pretty nice. They're not mansions by any uh, by any sense of the word, but in the past they had been kind of big, often two story middle class homes. But that was back in like the twenties or thirties that this area, this neighborhood was kind of like up and going. I think this area now has kind of become a lot more run down and people don't want to live out here. Maybe it's got a proximity to a highway. And so kind of folks have been selling these houses, um, these old houses and builders have been building uh, parking lots or uh, light industrial places that can be somewhat near residential stuff. Um, and this house, when you find it is, it's just a not very well taken care of house from the 1920s. Two stories kind of, uh, has a, has a porch on the front, not a big wraparound porch, but like a big prominent porch. And, uh, it's kind of wooden siding, but it looks like whoever lived here was trying but just not living up to the task. Okay. Um, and I think we can see you guys all either arrive together or to further sim- symbolize that you guys have not been hanging around. You all arrive separately and we see you guys arrive. Oh yeah, totally arrive separately. No uh, pre, pre-meetup pre at the pancake dump. Just three cars rolling in. Okay. Is Welker driving in that uh, the monster van? Um, yeah, he still has that. Okay. So, yeah, we see the mon- monster van roll up. Is Welker uh, first one on the scene as usual, or has that changed? No, that hasn't changed. He'll get there okay. as soon as he can. So, yeah, so maybe we see the second person show up, and who's probably second? Probably okay. Sundry. Sundry, take a cab. So you got a car. Yeah. Okay. Got a truck. So he pull- no, it's got the yeah, he well. pulls up with the, uh, we see a shot uh, where like this truck interrupts our view of the monster van and with Welker sitting behind the wheel. And uh, it's kind of a pickup truck with a Jesus fish on the back. And it says uh, Key 1014 Country. There's Key 1014 Country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's another one that says... Uh, there's another bumper sticker, and it's another Jesus fish, and it says "Get hooked," uh, and um, no. and then and then on the bottom, "On Christ." No, it doesn't say that. Okay, it says "Get hooked" with a hook. Yeah. Yeah. It says I kill fish. I kill fish. All right, so we see that, and um, then Darkblade arrives shortly afterwards. And his means of conveyance is, of course, uh, what? In the in the um, past, his mom has dropped him off. Oh no! I actually have a really shitty car now, um, and the car is a it's a um, old Pontiac Fiero from the nineties, um, and that is Dark Blade's ride. I forgot awesome. that he has a car now that actually came with his new kit. Uh, being a spooky, he's got a me like I'm pretty sure I chose vintage, barely running car. Um, can I can I make a suggestion of the license plate? Yeah, it says Brian. Ah, and, just... and Darkblade Darkblade's happy to have the car, but he's pissed off about the license plate. I didn't want to pay to get it changed, you mm-hmm. know, and it came with the car that way. Um, yeah, the Brian. It's like three Ryan, you know. It's mm-hmm. like three Brian. Three Ryan. B R. Well, the three could be a B, but he just mm-hmm. Brian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So you guys pull up to this house. And like I said, it's a old 1920s kind of two story house that looks like it's seen better days for sure. Somebody's tried to take care of the place, but they've not been up to the task. A lot of the paint is peeling in some places. Other places you can see a fresh coat of paint has been applied and applying a fresh coat of paint to only part of the house only makes the fact that a lot of the paint is wearing stand out even more. Um, and you can hear cars driving by on a nearby highway. You can maybe hear a, um, 
some construction going on somewhat nearby where you hear like a, the backing up of like a like a some kind of construction vehicle and but otherwise this house itself is totally still totally quiet gentlemen it's been too long you're looking well uh then he like looks over a dark blade and like averts his eyes again um you say does anyone know where mr green is so i think ashton would have contacted one of you to tell you that he's oh i think he's just gonna say like he's gonna be doing some uh like like a special project with the lore corporation okay well then in that case what can we just say um mr green won't be joining us today um he has uh, other business with our corporation um but i'm sure we're up to the task shall we and i uh, like start walking up to knock on the front door yeah and uh sundry for sure dark blade who is always a fairly pale neck bearded gentleman is now would you say he's even paler or how would you say he's he's different that sundry someone who knew you could tell yeah he's he locks he lacks all um he, he's even like he's so pale that he's you're like is he a ginger now like that's how pale he is yes know? actually that's actually that's awesome beforehand darkblade was not redheaded and now when you look at him you're like oh i think he has red hair but not like he dyed his hair red like he legitimately has red hair hmm. and that's a weird thing and i think that's true for Probably both of you noticing that. Sundry probably much more. Uh, similarly, Darkblade uh, and Sundry, Welker looks terrible. Welker looks like, if you remember the 1988 Punisher movie with Dolph Lundgren, where hey, Dolph man. Lundgren's under... Yeah. Hey, lady. Hey, yeah. I'm Batman. Yeah, hey, but so... <laughs> so he looks he looks like that where Dolph Lundgren is in the sewer and they had to draw a beard on him because Dolph Lundgren <laughs> does, can't grow a beard and also he's blonde but Frank Castle has black hair so they just drew it with like marker you should just do that voice from now on Mr. Walker that was, I, it, I didn't see that movie unfortunately it's it's on YouTube I think check it out it's a lot of fun it's a movie yeah, that I think the voice that he has in uh, Rocky IV yeah pretty much he's like hey oh must break him that's I I it's halfway to my dumb Stallone impression, um, but yeah. So Woker looks Woker looks rough. Like it looks less like the hair on his face is growing and more like his face is receding and the hair is poking out. Oh, that looks like in real life. Yeah, <laughs> like how Carl really looks. <laughs> Quick, change the subject. Quick, uh, something else. Yeah, yeah was... all of us wanted to jump in on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who is this girl Alex got a boner for? Uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So unless anyone else has something that they want to address or take the lead on, then Walker's just going to knock. Oh, sure. by the way, so the, the general premise here is that according to Merzad's research, this house is on a ley line that's been, according to like previous cases, activated and now they can't contact the owners, yeah? Right. They're trying to find out about this place. They had tried to contact the owners to get general information, and they could probably give you some information of, like, the house was built in 1920. Um, the house has had this many owners. Um, the, the the current owners are the, are the Kreskis. Like, they could give you, some, like, that kind of general information that you could probably get at, like, the local courthouse and the... Um, the property appraisers, they can like on across probably just sent you all of that information. So all of that very mundane information is right at your fingertips already. Um, so they have kids. But yeah, she's, she said, we tried to get a hold of these people. We couldn't get a hold of them. And the school has put in that uh, their kids have been missing. Okay. Maybe before we jump into all that, Sandra would be like, uh, uh, well, hey there, Mr. Roker. Uh, Looking a little sick. Just uh, want to make sure you're doing okay. Mr. Walker would say, uh, nothing to worry about. Uh, just long nights in the office. You know how it is. All right, uh, well, you're amongst friends, you know. 
been down a lot of dark uh, holes in my life and uh, uh, never hurts to have a helpful pair of hands help you out of one of them. So you, uh, you need something like that, you just holler. I'm nodding and say, I appreciate that, Mr. Charms. That, that means a lot coming from someone who's, like you said, seen the bottom of a lot of dark holes. I have to say, though, uh, it seems like you found your way out of found your way out of all of them. Well, grace is a funny thing. Never know uh, when I'll come along or, uh, um, uh, you know, what quite you can do to uh, turn over that new leaf. But uh, you're right. I'm feeling... I'm feeling mighty good about now. Were we aware of your watch? No, I, I don't know if you... You probably had seen it on him. And I think Darkblade knew about it, but I don't think you knew about it. Okay. And are you carrying anything weird? Like, do you actually carry a harpoon around now? It's probably in his truck. Probably got, okay. like, a on him or something. I, like that. I'm, I'm weirdly picturing you like you're just like Aquaman now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's Aquaman. Yeah, he's Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. Like a buff, I've got Russell Brand to Jason Momoa. It's not yeah. a stretch, you know. It's, it's not. Like, that's and, why I'm picturing it. <laughs> and then you gain like a hundred pounds of muscle. Uh, yeah, that's it. The um, yeah. So I'm I'm imagining um, when we see Sundry get out of the truck. In fact, we see that that we see that there's something tied up, like yeah, uh, wrapped in canvas, is sitting in his gun rack. Yeah, so, exactly. So what I was thinking too. Love it. All right. Well, um, if we're good to go, uh, Walker will knock and call out. Um, I guess the one thing you do know is, I can't remember where we ended up on this, awesome, but like, um, I think he has a scar from where he used to wear the watch, right? Yeah, he probably has a. Um, he probably has a pretty bad scar on what whatever hand he wore the watch on i assume your left hand but yeah, he's not oh interesting so that would be interesting i feel like everyone probably would have noticed that you looked at that watch a lot would be my guess yeah even if they didn't know what it was yeah um, and i'm imagining this i'm imagining the scar is big enough where it stands out yeah maybe it's like a little paler than the rest of the skin which is not quite tan yeah oh yeah like it doesn't tan it stays the same like pallid uh, color your skin had been before. But I imagine it's like a scar that goes all the way around your hand. Where it looks like your fucking hand got chopped off and sewn back onto you. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. File that one away. Um, what's the name? What's the last name of these people? Kresge. All right. He'll knock, say, uh, Mrs. Kresge, Mr. Kresge. Yeah. And you walk right up, right up to the right up the steps onto the porch, right up to the front door. There's a screen door. You knock. Uh, there's a doorbell. You ring the doorbell. Um, it's one of those doorbells where you're like, did that ring? Hold on, I'll knock again. Kind of a situation. And uh, yeah, there's just zero response. Guys, I don't mean to you know, get all superstitious here. And uh, you know I'm not one for uh, putting much stock in uh, that which I can't see. But... Uh, Lately, I've uh, come to revisit some of those assumptions. And I got to tell you, I had the weirdest dream the other night uh, where I was like, I don't know, trapped in this basement and uh, just sort of like following down this menacing presence until I found like this urn made of salt, sorry, a urn made of lead and had a salt ring around it. And all sorts of evil was uh, spewing forth from that. And I just get the weirdest feeling right now. And I just feel like uh, y'all ought to know about that because uh, uh, I come to put more stock in this sort of uh, heebie-jeebies ever since uh, we've seen some of the shit that we've seen. So I had a vision as well. Um, I saw as a premonition, if you will, some kind of cloud descended upon... Palmetto City, one of the buildings and all kinds of screaming horror was coming from that building. And this cloud moved and wherever it went, there were there was a horror. And I must imagine that this urn is the source of it. 
this wasn't just a dream. There's something coming. And Walker will shrug and say, well, maybe we're coming to it. That's our job, after all. He'll like go back to his truck, back to his uh, van, and get out like his gear. Uh, like he'll be equipped with his shotgun, his grenade launcher, his armor. <laughs> um, oh no, hold on, he changed weapons. Did he? No, that's not true. He still has the same things. Never mind. Oh, um, since since you have, don't you have like natural armor now as a? I don't have. Oh, hold on, I do have something like that. I have um, unquenchable vitality, which means. Means your vitality can't be quenched. There is that. Uh, whenever True. when you have taken harm, you can heal yourself. And I also have you do not age or sicken. And whenever you suffer harm, you suffer one less. Cool. So I think just just to show further that uh, Welker is not the same person, he goes and he grabs like um, whatever guns, and he's about to strap on this um, big. He's about to strap armor. on. Yeah, he's about. When you say combat armor, I imagine he's wearing like riot gear. Like he looks like one of those starship troopers. Um, but he's, yeah, he's about to put on some like heavy Kevlar vest kind of stuff. And then he's just like, he just kind of like shakes his head, like, why bother? And throws it back in the car and slams the door. I like it. Jamie Sundry will grab his uh, harpoon, but instead of like just wielding a harpoon around, he's got like a duffel bag on his back or something like that. Okay. Okay. So like, Welker will look at you, raise an eyebrow, but he won't say anything. Um, and there is a car in the driveway. It's kind of a um, uh, a little bit dark, of a dark blade. Dark blade um lights up with his flashlight underneath his chin, and uh, he's got a big watch. He's got he, a big. He flashlight. scares everybody. He scares everybody because the flashlight's yeah. under his chin. Yeah, no, his gear and notes. His gear includes he is, he 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 um pumps the shotgun, and then he flicks around the butterfly knife, and then he I guess. um dusts off the car named Brian. Yeah, that's all of his gear. That's his gear montage. <laughs> okay, so we all had our gear montage. Um, yeah, there's there is a car in the driveway. It's a it's like an old Honda Accord that's kind of hanging out and has, um, you can tell it's kind of been parked in this, uh, just their driveway. They don't think they have a garage or a car park. Um, what do you call it? Car house. A car hole. Come on, Homa. Now, yeah, so they don't have a carport or anything like that. And so, this Honda Accord is kind of worse for the wear. The green paint at parts is like uh, kind of like been baked by the Florida sun and heat and rain and that kind of stuff. And you guys walk up to the thing. You knock on the door. Nobody's answering. You get all geared up. And then what? I would suggest we find a um, more subtle way to come get in. Like maybe like a window that's unlocked. But if there aren't any options... Let's just bust in here. How do you guys get in? I'll tell you. There's no there's no explosions or anything like that. But what do we see when you guys go in? Uh, okay, Walker's just going to... None of us can, like, lock... You can't, like, lockpick this thing, right? Like, nobody has, like, that in their skill set. I'll say, like, you're looking at this door, and you're like, I can just push this door open. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, so... let's, let's kick the door in. Yeah. So I think, yeah, if you just put your shoulder into the door, let alone even like kick it, kick it in, like you can get in here or, oh, how about this? The door is, um, the door has like a glass pane on it. That's already half broken. Like one of the little panes is broken and you can just easily put an elbow through that and, uh, reach in and just open the door. Cool. So, yeah. You go into this house and inside this house, it is a, the house is old. Again, the interior of it is kind of, it's more maintenance than a person who is not experienced and doesn't have the money can handle. This is more house than these folks could probably afford or handle. And um, so the floor is kind of warped. Like you can, as you definitely take a few steps, you're like, wait a minute, the elevation just changed a little bit. Um 
It has kind of that musty smell uh, that an attic sometimes has, even though you're in the the general house itself. Uh, maybe there's a light here or there on. Um, oh, I think there's a cat inside that, like, as soon as you come in, is like, meow, 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 and just, like, bothering the shit out of you, like, keeping its distance, but just being annoying. Uh, maybe it's, like, really into Dark Blade because he smells of cat and is a fairy person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, it does that when you guys come in, but then once Darkblade comes in, it comes up to him and, it, like, nuzzles all over him. Tail straight up. You got it. Yeah, you can see the butthole very clearly. Very clearly it's pronounced. Even, it's not even bedazzled. Not even bejeweled. Like, these mm -hmm. people were fucking barbarians. It's rubbing all over Darkblade's leg. Darkblade's yeah. Leg. yeah. He's um, got on these glasses that are kind of, like, uh, like Neo-shaped glasses. Um, They're shaped but, like Keanu Reeves, dressed as yeah. Neo. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. No, yeah. It's really bizarre. No, but they're like red, and um, he like dips them down and then like pets the cat. Okay. It's like, come here, kitty. What's going yeah. on? This this character this this shot. If this was from the '90s, this would be the coolest shot you'd ever have seen in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As you guys kind of look around. This looks like a house that seems like it had been uh, fairly, like fairly well lived in by a family of at least three or four people. If you look around at pictures, you could tell it was a husband and wife and that they had two kids and they were both of like elementary school age, like one of older elementary school age, one of younger elementary school age. Um, and... This place is real, real quiet. If you go upstairs, same deal. You can find like a, a upstairs uh, a bedroom. Maybe, I think maybe the house is like three bedrooms, probably only one bathroom because it's a pretty old house and it's not really all that big. But uh, yeah, it looks pretty damn normal. If you hadn't heard this stuff, you would assume that this uh, that this family would be coming back any moment. He's going to light up a clove cigarette, Darkblade is, and he's going to um, walk around the house and um, maybe go to the basement, go to the earth. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll join him if cool. he's going to the basement. So Darkblade's trying to really like um, kind of look around. Uh, sure, is this... Well, I, hmm, I don't think this is a read a bad situation per se. Is Darkblade trying to investigate a mystery? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. So, are you doing that via? Yeah, just like regular detective skills. You're trying to get like more supernatural info, and if so, how? Well, he's going to try to get more supernatural info. His, he's attuned with the earth. He's, um, yeah, he is now trying to use his, his, um, his third sense, sixth sense. Well, not everybody has more than two senses. <laughs> True. So, yeah, um, mystery. Yeah. But he's, he's trying to, so he's going to go down to the earth. That's just where he's, uh, and he's going to be, um, touching the, the door trying to read emotions or feelings from the home um, on his way down. Sure. All right. Make a uh, plus sharp roll. That's a investigative mystery. He's got all specs. Yeah, he's got all specs, basically. Oh, I got a 14. 14's pretty good. All right. So on a 14, you get to hold two of these questions. And I'll paste them into this chat so you don't have to search for them. So um, one of the things that you guys can easily, easily see is there's part of this wall that seems like it's recently been pulled apart. Um, the, the basement down here. That's one of the weird things. This house in Florida does have a basement. Now, houses in Palmetto City, basements are, aren't as uncommon, but they're still not a common thing. And um, 
in this house, uh, this basement is pretty dingy. It's pretty gross. It seems like it's like water stained. There's like watermarks on some of the walls and that kind of stuff. Um, it seems like various heavy rains have like leaked in and the floor itself has had water damage. It, um, I say that you guys are probably looking at this and seeing a family that probably couldn't they had this house and this house was this property was the thing that was that they were invested in and they couldn't necessarily keep up with all of this stuff but couldn't afford to get rid of it and move anywhere else house poor yeah they're kind of in a situation where they're house poor and they were trying to hold up with this but the house is just it's not in the greatest shape um so, yeah, Darkblade, which of these questions are you asking? What happened here? What happened here? Um, okay, well, you look at uh, that hole in the wall, and you can feel that that dark cloud was released from this very place. But the weird thing is that that cloud, or the, I'm sorry, the space, the little hole in the wall itself... It's only like the size of a shoebox. It's very small. Um, you can tell that this uh, this dark force was released from this place, and you can feel in oh, especially there's all this like salt scattered on the floor of the basement, and you can feel in it as like a stone that there had been this darkness trapped here for a long time, and uh, it's now been loosed onto the world. I want to know where did it go. You find a uh, an answering machine that's there, and old school Welker style answering machine. They have one that has a tape in it and everything, and you can just hit play. Look at this boomer tech over here. Yeah, it's a message from two days ago, and it's like, "Baby Jared, we know that you're uh, we know that you're having a hard time. We just wanted you to uh, to know that we've still got Jim free. He's fine." Uh, but we're worried. We haven't heard from you in a while. And there's several messages of this same person. And they're just like, just give us a call. Give us a call. Anyway, your dad loves you. And you're like, oh, this was the woman who lived here's mother. And seems to have been watching um, their kids. And you're like, wait a minute. Whatever this is, followed that kid or follow those kids this is like an angel of death descended upon them this american monster is a production of this american dice this American monster uses the Monster of the Week system, a game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your game master is Austin Smith. Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlu. Additional music for this episode included Isis of Yah, saxophone cut by Don Goliath, Meet Samson Benji, Street Life, silent film by Lobo Loco, and A Dangerous Location by Ron Ernest. Please join us next week for another exciting episode of This American Monster from This American Dice. Check out our Facebook for more updates. An additional note for this episode is at some point, Kransky may have become Kresky. Maybe I was thinking of Wayne Gretzky. But then I guess you miss 100% of the shots you don't make. Then I was not into it. It was not as uh, sexual as Teen Austin had been promised. <laughs> not with the power of Jesus, though. Yeah. That cuts it down to like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then, and then we look, we look up at you, and you go, "Got it." And then we look back, and there's a, there's hundreds of marlin in the ship. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're like, and you're like, "Shit, this sh we're too heavy. We're too heavy." <laughs> the ship is now made of bread. Yeah, yeah, you get soggy.
Yeah, but then um, he just walks across the water all the way. Yeah. Home. <laughs> okay. Cool. So we see Sundry's transformation into a uh, into a, an aquatic tough guy. An aquatic Jesus loving tough guy. And like sometimes it was really crowded. And like boobies rub out against me. I was like, this is great. I'm gonna come here every night and just walk around for no reason until this happens again. <laughs>